0: Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Yes, hello, it is time once again to walk into the fandom nexus, have a good old time, and then... Try to get through the week until we get to our next episode, right? You know, it's that, that withdrawal. That's what it is. It's withdrawals after you get done with the show. And I've got a lot of fun planned for you this week. We're going to have some fun. Uh, I got some news, of course, for this week, but I really... I'm keeping the news down to just that we had the Game Awards last week. And so I've picked out a few things that I'm kind of excited about for games that were announced or we had some new trailers for at least. Uh, and then, of course, we'll go and look, we'll look at the winners. But uh, I spent, you know, most of this, this show is going to, of course, be about another retro rewind, well, retro review. I got to make sure I call it the right thing. Uh, for basically what I call a, a movie that came out in the summer, but it is definitely a Christmas movie, and that would be Gremlins. And, of course, Emma will be joining us here on the show in order to talk about what she thought of it as she's now seen it for the very first time. Uh, So that's, of course, a lot of different fun about there. And There's even some things that I meant to talk about with her that I completely forgot to talk about. So uh, we'll get to those. I'll just throw those in here as we get to the end of the show. But I want to point something out to you. There's going to be two versions of this show. I had to to edit down the conversation uh, to kind of make it, you know, fit. Uh, But that also means that we have an unedited version of the conversation about Gremlins that I will be making available through Patreon. And also, uh, and I'll make sure I get links now in the show notes, um, with Red Circle, where I'm hosting the show now, I can set up exclusive audio specifically for specific paid subscribers can get exclusive versions of shows and unedited. And I've already got a few things that I've moved into an exclusive territory, Uh, but I will make this available on an exclusive uh, channel and RSS feed. Uh, Like I said, the links should be in the show notes provided I do all this right, you know, Uh, so it'll be available to you if you want to hear an extended version and it's at least another 12 minutes uh, of stuff that I cut from the show, trying to get it, you know, to, to be a bit more, Formatted within time, uh, and also it's, it's a few side conversations and stuff like that where we we got a little bit from Gremlins, but we talk about some other movies and stuff like that. And so I've made that part of the exclusive content. So uh, being an, ex- an exclusive member, you get some bonus episodes. It helps me pay for everything on the show. It's a win-win situation. Plus, I'm making sure that that feed will not have those ads that you heard there at the beginning of the show. And the ads that break in in the middle, those ads won't be there. So, yeah, become an exclusive member today or join our Patreon or or become a patron on Patreon. Uh, Those links will all be in the show notes, also on the website. All right. But uh, I want to get straight into some of the news that we have this week, which really boils down to uh, new games and who won at the video game awards. So let's take a listen.
1: The Disney and Geek universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment.
0: This is news from around Neverland. Well, here's a game I did not know was coming at all. I own an island off the coast of Costa Rica. Really spectacular, spared no expense. For this place, I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion. Something that was real.
1: Can anyone hear me? This is Dr. Maya Joshi. I've been left behind on Isla Nubla. <coughs>
0: This was Jurassic Park Survival, a upcoming single-player action-adventure for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series XS. This is what they show just a little bit of gameplay, and it's going to be like a first-person perspective, and a lot of people are being really excited by this because it seems to be we're getting like a survival horror game uh, from Jurassic Park, which is something I guess we've wanted. (laughs) <laughs> and even some people have pointed out on, on YouTube that, hey, it's a Jurassic Park game and not a Jurassic World. So, hey, isn't this what we've wanted for years? And, uh, and perhaps so. Uh, this looks to be very interesting. Uh, you know, it seems to be following up uh, mainly from the original film. And we get to see some of the visitor centers been destroyed from the T-Rex and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I must say that I am excited about that. Uh, so yeah that was, that was definitely an announcement I mean, I'm actually while I'm in here I'm seeing it uh, looks like some stuff that'll be next week for the trailer park because we're not going to really have a trailer park this week but you know we got some game trailers which uh, I'd say that the biggest one that I'm excited about might just be this one right here it's Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth theme song announcement trailer feel in every single bullet.
1: where ire manifests once more. Do not underestimate this foe!
0: Your foe? Sephiroth. What am I supposed to do? Their luck runs out, but mine doesn't. I'm the only one who gets a pass. Sometimes, I don't even know who I am.
1: I forget things everyone else remembers just fine. And know things I've got no right knowing.
0: Cloud, it's okay. You saved me before, now it's my turn.
1: Is it you, you, or is it the pooch?
0: I'm just messing with you, that there is our man. When fate sets us a challenge, we must rise to meet it. Are you ready to rumble? Aerith, is there anything I can do for you? I want to help.
1: Get me, Barrett. You think I want Marlene to
0: see what her father's become? Promise not to tell?
1: When she wakes up, a scary man is gonna kill her.
0: One thing you got to say for Square Square Soft, well, that's what they used to be. Square Enix. (laughs) They know how to put together a trailer and having this this song here, there's no promises to keep. Uh, is the theme theme song uh, performed by Lauren Alred, uh, with of course the music by Numboa Matsu who did the, of course the music for the games. Which uh, listening to the tune, it sounds a lot like some of the music we've already had, like maybe as a as a normally an instrumental tune, but now we've got lyrics been placed to the song. Ah, uh, so very very cool. Ah, uh, lyrics of course written by Kezo Keizo Nojima, and then a lyrics translation by Ben Sebin, Matt Furda, John Crow. Uh, And it looks like there's an arrangement and synthesizer programming by Tsumo Narita. Uh, But really we get a a chance to have a look at, uh, oh, there was a stage presentation. One hmm, let me see. Oh, like an entire performance of the theme song. I'm gonna have to look into that later. So I'm definitely keeping this screen up. So I can look into this because that's a nice. I like that song. Uh, I haven't seen that it's available on Apple or Spotify or anything like that uh, for at least listening purposes. If you have like the Apple Music app, I just happened to find this uh, that apparently they did have her come to perform the song out, uh, at the Radio Game Awards. I didn't watch the live program. I've heard the complaints. You know, people don't always enjoy watching the program, and it was more about new games than it is the winners and la la la. I don't know. So I I I haven't watched. The actual program i just going for the follow-up <laughs> so uh that's okay though that's okay so uh we did get a look at sid and uh and, and various other different characters um my brain is not working i was taking a nap and my brain is still tired i need to go back to my nap and finish sleeping but i really need to get this recorded for y'all so my brain is not functional isn't that wonderful but we get a lot of look a lot of the different characters uh the emotional impact of the song with some of the footage on there you really want to have to take a look at this uh if you are a fan of final fantasy 7 if you played the the remake game and enjoyed it uh this this is a very exciting getting a look at this uh i'm I, I am patiently waiting for the end of February because it's supposed to be, I think they said February 29th, like like Leap Day or something, is the release date for this. So uh, I'm eagerly anticipating that. I will be sharing, of course, some game footage when the game comes out with you. Uh, of course, at the Neverland official gaming channel, which I'd, I guess I haven't really changed the name of that, even though we've become more of the uh, the fandom Nexus. But all right, it's still a Neverland gaming channel, but that's okay. Uh, we still go to Neverland every week. But anyways. <laughs> I feel like I'm just babbling on here. Let me get on to the next thing that uh, I didn't know was coming, but, uh, you know, I think I'm I'm interested in. It's, uh, I guess, in a way, it's a sequel, from the look of things, to an old Super Nintendo game. Anybody remember Secret of Mana? And I've only, I believe they did some other in the series, but now this is Visions of Mana, which I don't know that there's any dialogue here. I think it's mainly just music. Uh, so let's listen for a little bit. So this is mainly music. Uh, There's a little bit of... Why in the world have I got captions on? And they're in French. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to turn the volume down on this a little bit. And uh, read for you what it says here on Square Enix's official YouTube channel. It says, For the first time in over 15 years... A brand new entry in the mainline Mana series arrives. Embark on a new adventure with Val, the newly appointed soul card, as he sets off on a journey across the world to accompany his friend on her pilgrimage to the Tree of Mana. Experience action-packed gameplay and explore a vibrant semi-open 3D field, encountering fearsome foes and unlikely allies along the way. New adventure begins 2024. Now, I've never completed any of the Mana games. I played Secret of Mana on Super Nintendo, but I didn't finish it. I I borrowed it. From someone. I think it was actually a boyfriend of one of like Philip's sisters or one of his boyfriends, right? He was big in RPGs, happy. Try a little bit of a Final Fantasy game, uh, which I think was three or whatever it was the first one on Super Nintendo, which I didn't finish that one because it went on too long. I was really into the turn based combat and Secret of Mana. What was challenging with that, what annoyed me is it was trying to be more of an action based, and I was more into like the Legend of Zelda. Um, uh, Link to the Past, you know, and how that plays where you can make your sword strikes at whatever, but Secret of Mana your sword strikes, you have to wait for your sword to recharge every time you use it so you'd have to hit something or hope you didn't miss and then you have to wait for it to recharge and then you can hit again, otherwise it really wouldn't do any damage and that got kind of annoying, but uh, otherwise, I mean, it was a very, very cool game and I, I would like to give another I, I think I'm more patient now these days uh, I would like to give that another try Uh, And they did do some sort of remake of the game of some sort, but uh, I heard that they didn't remake it very well. I mean, they just tried to put uh, the original game out, but something was changed that maybe shouldn't have been. I don't know. uh, People were saying that they they didn't like the uh, re-release for Secret of Mana, and I think it, it was even packaged maybe with another game that's in the series. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, but this is a new game and it looks really neat. You know, it's it's got that cutesy style of the original games, if you're familiar with it. And even some of the enemies you fight, you're like, this thing's cute. This is a this is something I need to kill, <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, it's something I'm thinking I would, might give it a try. And I don't think I'd have to be that familiar with the original stories because it's 15 years later. It's a new story. Uh, so I think it's, you know it's within the same world of the mana series but i think i could dive in and uh and and not be confused uh that's what uh that's the vibe that i'm getting from this trailer at least uh so hopefully that is going to be the case uh we've also got some dlc for final fantasy 16 that was announced i haven't even gotten to play final fantasy 16 uh you know i can only afford one game at a time and right now i'm with Christmas and things like that. I'm kind of saving my money that direction. And of course I have to put my money in for my Final Fantasy Rebirth uh, coming out there in February, as we already mentioned. But anyways, for those of you that have played it, I do intend to play this game. I played the demo and did enjoy it, but there's a couple of bits of DLC. Some that is out. I believe Echoes of the Fallen is already out, but there's also, and they've announced the rising tide. So uh, let's take a listen. If clicking, this was having a result. There we go. Well, it's uh, got a reminder that this video may be inappropriate for some users. Well, I'm old enough, so uh, we'll go ahead and watch it.
1: Souls come to my attention, and I'll be damned if I know what to make of it. Some sort of crystal. Enlightened souls great and terrible weapons called the Iconoclasts, from which Icons derive their name, and turn them against each other in the Magitek War. It seems somebody's woken this place up. The question is, hello. What the hell is an Iconoclastic defense system? I have a feeling we're about to find out and then we will not like the answer. Then we better cut this short. Welcome my friends to Messidia.
0: The rising tide is supposed to be available <laughs> this spring. Um, and it basically, it doesn't say a whole lot here. It says the epic story of final fantasy 16 moves ever onwards. Echoes of the fallen is out now. And the rising tide is coming spring 2024. And actually, if you get an expansion pass that has both, you get a special discounted price. And that is also available right now. Uh, now what, one thing I will point out, uh, or what i'm seeing on this that is uh very interesting to me is it's, it's like they, they've got a little bit of sci-fi here with the uh, with the look of something I, i'm not sure what's going on uh but this you know the kind of the big deal about this game was it uh, was getting more back into the the fantasy realm of things and uh this you know has it looks like something science fiction has dove into that world or something from the the look of things so i am kind of curious of what's going on with that uh so i don't know what's going on because i didn't i haven't played the game but i do plan to but that looks interesting so yeah that's definitely it's on my radar because i do plan on at least you know playing the games okay so uh, i went and, uh, i went to a variety to get a list of the winners and i'm going to do them in a reverse order from how they've presented them on here because I think they got the biggest award at the top of the article. But let's just run through some of the winners from the game awards here. So best esports event went to 2023 League of Legends World Championship. Uh I won't read out all the nominees until we get up to the, the bigger things. I'll look at the nominees, but best esports coach is Christine Potter Chi uh, for our Evil Geniuses Valorant. Best esports team was JD Gaming for League of Legends. I would say the best esports team would be the ones that won, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Anyways, best esports athlete, Lee Faker Song Hyuk, uh, for League of Legends. Best esports game, Valorant. I've never even heard of that game. It's by Riot Games. Content creator of the year, Iron Mouse. Now, I don't know exactly what they mean by content creators. that like whoever's streaming the game and who they like best? I don't know. Most anticipated game, and I can agree with this: Final Fantasy VII Rebirth by Square Enix. Uh, other, nom- I'll list the the other nominations, which was Hades Two from Supergiant, uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken Eight. Players' Voice, Baldur's Gate Three, Larian Studios. Now I'm not sure exactly, you know, they because they're not naming actors here. But other nominees was the Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, Genshin Impact, Marvel Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac, obviously, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which really don't have a lot of dialogue, but I guess, woo, wah, you know, counts as voices, right? Most, best multiplayer presented by Discord, Baldur's Gate 3, Best Sports Racing as far as sport Motorsport, Best Sim or Strategy Game went to Pikmin 4, Best Family Game went to Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which... Yeah, it looks very cool. I, you know, I don't pick up a lot of Nintendo games because Nintendo, so they, they need to come down on price when the game gets a little older, I think. Best fighting game was Street Fighter VI. Uh, nominees include God of Rock. i never heard of that. Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, and Pocket Bravery. Best RPG went to Baldur's Gate 3. It was up against Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and Starfield, which has been, had a lot of talk over the last month or so. Best action adventure game went to The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It went up against Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, and Resident Evil 4, including also Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That's high praise. That's a, you know, I haven't played every game on that list, but that's, yeah, I've played two of the games out of the list, but there's uh, definitely some other ones that uh, are big and uh, on my radar for, I'm going to play everything on this list, probably except for Tears of the Kingdom that won, because I didn't like Breath of the Wild that much. Mainly because I got tired of the weapon breaking system, and I don't know that that changed. But, you know, it's a Legend of Zelda game. I probably will end up playing it at some point. Yeah, but, of course, even waiting a long time for it to be a, a used game and buying it used, I'm still going to pay pretty much the same amount that it is as a full price game. What is wrong with you, Nintendo? Anyway, best action game go into Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. They uh, went out over Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. Best VR or augmented reality game, Gran Turismo 7, Humanity, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Resident Evil Village VR mode, or Synapse, went to Resident Evil Village VR mode. Was that actually still just this year? Wow. Best mobile game. Ooh, you know, I maybe I need to play this Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. It was nominated, but the winner was Honkai Star Rail. Other nominees included Hello Kitty Island Adventure, Monster Hunter Now, and Terra Nil. Best debut any game went to Cocoon. I don't think it's linked to the movie. Uh, Other nominees uh, or nominees other than, you know, because Cocoon won. Uh, The nominees uh, other than that one, of course, was Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba, and Viewfinder. Best independent game was Sea of Stars. Uh, I did play that one. I really enjoyed that. That was uh, free when I got it at first. It was available for me for free. Now you're going to have to pay for it, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, other nominees was, of course, Cocoon, Dave the Driver, Dredge, and Viewfinder. So I guess uh, there's a difference between a debut versus best in the game. So not all these companies necessarily debuted. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess I see Sea of Stars was not listed as a debut game, uh, Sabotage Studio, or debut, whatever how you're going to say. It. But Sabotage Studio, I guess, has had some other stuff before. Best Community Support was given to Baldur's Gate 3. Best Ongoing Game went to Cyberpunk 2077. I guess that was that will include like DLC because uh there was some DLC released this year. Uh other nominees include Apex Legends, Final Fantasy 16, Fortnite and Genshin Impact. I've at least played uh most of these or at least a demo. Except for yeah, Genshin Impact. I think I pay, played a little bit. That's uh that's a free to play if I remember correctly. I played a little bit. Uh it's very if you're into anime, I think you'd enjoy that one. Games for impact. Uh, I don't even understand why that one, so I'm just going to move on. Uh, innovation in accessibility went to Forza Motorsport. Uh, it's kind of interesting uh, what they've done with accessibility there. Uh, I'm sure with a driving game, you'd want to definitely make that more, you know, heck, a, a steering wheel set would be great. Best performance went to Neil Newborn for Baldur's Gate 3, beating out Ben Starr for Final Fantasy 16, Cameron Monaghan and Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Idris Elba. Holy cow, you beat Idris Elba. For Cyberpunk 2077, uh, Phantom Liberty, Melanie Libert for Alan Wake 2, and Yuri Lonefall, Marvel Spider Man 2, the voice of Spider Man in those games. So Neil Newborn beat out a lot of good competition. Best audio design, winner being Hi Fi Rush. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about that. Uh, they beat out over Alan Wake 2, Dead Space, Marvel Spider Man 2, and Resident Evil 4. Best score and music, uh, no surprise here, Final Fantasy 16 a composer, Masayoshi Soken, uh, Final Fantasy has some of the best music throughout the series. Something else that has some of the best music would be a Legend of Zelda game. And that of course was a nominee. Uh, and of course, Baldur's Gate three, Alan Wake two, and Hi-Fi rush also getting nominations in there. But Final Fantasy 16 winning that I'm, I'm going to lean on Final Fantasy seven rebirth, getting that next year. Best art direction went to Alan Wake two, which, you know, for remedy, they, uh, their art direction is pretty spectacular in their games and the things they're doing lately. The creative directions they go is fantastic. They win over Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of Fee, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Woo, this just goes on. Best narrative went to Alan Wake 2. They win over Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, and Spider-Man 2. Best adaptation. Uh, The winner being The Last of Us for PlayStation uh, Productions on HBO. This would be anything that got a series or a movie, apparently. Uh, They went out over Castlevania Nocturne, Gran Turismo, Super Mario Brothers movie, and the Twisted Metal series. Best game direction goes to Alan Awake 2. Once again, Remedy Entertainment, you know, doing a lot of amazing stuff. They win over Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and Legend of the Tears of the Kingdom. Game of the Year! The nominees were Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. The winner this year, Baldur's Gate 3, which I've heard described as get naked and stab people. Uh, lots of nudity and things like that, so I've been kind of hesitant to play that one. Uh, But, you know, heck, I did play through The Witcher 3, so I guess I should just go and play it. Uh, I haven't played really. I've played a little bit of the original Baldur's Gate, and I do have it on my PC. Uh, They have, I think, made a combo pack between one and two that's available for console. Maybe I'll buy it again sometime and play through them there. I feel like I want to play the other games as well. Uh, I mean, for the PC, that PC game is really cool, and I haven't. I just haven't sat and played through the whole thing for the original game, so... Uh, I'll just have to do that and then Baldur's Gate 3 I guess I'll have to play at some point Uh, won't talk about it much I guess here it is a little bit too far in the mature side from what I know I mean heck they had a a teaser or a trailer that showed uh, well a druid who can become like a bear and then uh, yeah (laughs) there was a lot of talk Uh, GameSpot had a list of what they call some of the biggest announcements uh, that were made Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons being remade. Uh, When they remake that, I'll have to give that a try. Pony Island 2, Panda Circus, The Rise of the Golden Idol, Usual June, Harmonium the Musical, Windblown, very anime-looking type of thing, Thrasher, Dredge X, Dave the Diver. I guess that's a crossover because Dave the Diver, I think, is something that, uh, yeah, it was an independent hit. Uh, This is actually coming December 15th, and Dredge is a horror fishing game, which I'm kind of curious about. Uh, Exodus, God of War Ragnarok Valhalla. Sony announced free downloadable content for God of War Ragnarok Valhalla, which is a free roguelike mode where Kratos travels with Mimir to a mysterious island filled with monsters. The new mode will be available December 12th, tomorrow, uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, I won't get this episode out until tomorrow, so... Oh. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what they mean by roguelike, but, uh, I'll have to check into that. I think I uninstalled the game. Uh, I may have to get back in there. Although I have started playing dragon's dogma, the original, cause I guess the sequel is coming soon and I'd never played it. And I thought maybe I'd play that probably up and through February, but I don't know. I might have to jump on God of war Ragnarok again, again, anyways, big walk. And, uh, wow, you should see the images of big walk. <laughs> I don't know how you explain it, but this is the same people who created the, uh, previously released untitled goose game that game's not coming out till 2025 we've also got hellblade 2 senua saga no rest for the wicked which that's moon studios uh this is an action rpg which is uh, kind of a little darker than the the original stuff from that they made the ori franchise uh this uh looked very interesting i think i remember seeing some footage of this uh it's it looks cool i don't know that's about all i can say Dragon Dragon Ball, sorry, Sparking Zero, a new Dragon Ball game. Uh, We've got the casting of Frank Stone. Uh, Don't know what's going on with the image, but it looks like it's going to be scary. It's uh, apparently set in the same universe of Dead by Daylight. Visions of Mina, which we've already talked about. Then OD, a long rumored collaboration between longtime developer Hideo Kojima and Xbox. Uh, Yeah, Jordan Peel was revealed as being a collaboration. He's a Went from comedy to making horror movies and has been winning awards for it. This is going to be an Xbox exclusive, though. Uh, But uh, they showed some footage of filming some of their actors where they do the facial capture. uh, It's some sort of horror game. That's about all we know. Fortnite Rocket Racing. Uh, I suppose this is a mixture of... uh, I don't know if this has anything to do with Rocket League. I can't really see it uh, say anything about Rocket League, but that's what it makes me think of when I, I think I saw some footage of that. Uh, Tales of Kinzira, Zao, I don't even know what it is. They call it a Metroidvania-style action platform by Surgeon Studios. Lost Records, Bloom and Rage. But here, all right, here's here's something. Marvel's Blade, and they did have a bit of a trailer. There's some language in it, so I didn't get that. Uh, the, this is being produced by the same people who made Deathloop and the Dishonored franchise. And I have played a bit of Deathloop. I, I think I've mentioned it. It is very cool uh i got stuck and I, I need to come back to it but i'm started playing dragon's dogma uh but i also the looping it was gonna drive me crazy if i don't i all the stuff i do i lose it all when i when i get killed and whoo that's some consequences for dying and you're meant to die in that game and yeah <sighs> it gets frustrating but it's a very cool game all right other games announced okay mecha break Palia Palia looks uh, a very nice art style there in the image. Light No Fire is something to... uh, This is the same creators of No Man's Sky, Hello Games. And, oh, I guess there is a teaser trailer, and I think maybe I have seen it. Uh, I just don't have it because I think there was uh, all music, so it wouldn't have done much good in here. But it was made for the all-in-game footage, and it looks to be an open-world RPG. Uh, Multiplayer, even, they're saying. Uh, Looked very nice stormgate pc strategy game uh El- guilty gear strive i don't know what elephant or elfelt valentine what that has to do with it but that's written all off the screenshot that they have uh, monster hunter wilds baldur's gate 3 on the xbox so i guess they didn't get it on the xbox yet so that will be coming uh, very soon but those were all the major announcements uh, that according to GameSpot that was uh, worth knowing so on the Game Awards So, but yeah so there's our coverage of the Game Awards see that took us half an hour and we well, still have 42 minutes of show 48 minutes of show I think actually uh, but before we get into that I do want to remind you heck if you, uh, you, it's probably easier to use the link you go to uh, NeverlandPodcast.com uh, I've got links there for Dubby. Uh, there on the front page. Dubby.gg. Use the discount code Neverland to get yourself 10% off. Dubby has energy drinks, but it's a powdered mix that you mix with water, and you can get yourself a water bottle to mix it up in. They promise that this is healthy and will not give you jitters like a regular energy drink, like a monster where it's loaded with caffeine. Uh, so, yeah, get a 10% off your order at Dubby.gg. All righty. Uh so now I say it is time uh let's uh let's get right into our uh, review of Gremlins, the retro review. Not a retro rewind, it is a retro review. All righty, everybody, Emma's back for it another and I I gotta remember what I actually titled this because I mistitled the Lord of the Rings episode. These are retro reviews, but I called last one. accidentally. I typed retro rewind, but I think that's what Tim <laughs> Nidell is calling his new show. And I was probably just looking at something that he's yeah. building. But <laughs> retro reviews is what we call these. When we review basically an old movie from a Gen Z perspective to see if these movies really are timeless or if they're just something we just love it. And we try to share it with our kids like, no, wait, you got to watch this and see what happens. Yeah. So we're doing it because it's Christmas and I call this a Christmas movie, even though. Oh, and I looked this up. I think it is. Yeah. June eighth, nineteen eighty four, was when this movie came out. So, it released in the summer to be a summer blockbuster movie, That's and crazy. it was. But it's it's really very Christmassy. So, me, I rank a Christmas movie if somehow Christmas is involved in the plot. Like Christmas is a trigger. Yeah, Gizmo is a Christmas gift. Bingo. It happens on Christmas Eve. Die Hard. I qualify as well because it's a Christmas party that everything is launched from. Oh, so I call I that I a Christmas movie. It's actually about to be put in the theater. So I can't really cover it on this show because it's not really a family friendly. It's an R-rated action movie, but
1: yeah. it's still
0: ranked as probably one of the best action movies ever made. <laughs> Mainly because Bruce Willis is awesome. Mm-hmm. He's just such a great character uh, with everything he does. Anyways, so yeah, you know, June 8th, 1984. Now, I'll, I'll throw the folklore before I talk about some of the impacts I had on me because I, I got a question for you. But oh, I, I, I went nice ahead and shit. I thought, you know, because th- they talk about some of the folklore, what gremlins were. You probably uh-huh. studied a little bit in school on this. I think we did in, in school talk about it.
1: If we did, I don't remember it at all.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> let me hop <laughs> into. Gotta so get to the, the right tab. Cool. So, this is according to Wikipedia. A grillin is a mischievous folklore creature invented at the beginning of the 20th century to originally explain malfunctions in aircraft and later in other machinery, processes, and their operators. Depictions the <laughs> of these creatures vary widely. Stories about them and references to them as the causes. Of especially inexplicably technical and mental problems of pilots are especially popular during and after World War II. I was checking to make sure I hit the button. Mm. Uh, Use of the term in the sense of a mischievous creature that sabotaged aircraft first arose in the Royal Air Force slang among British pilots stationed in Malta, the Middle East, and India in the 1920s. But the earliest printed record in a poem published in the journal Aeroplane in Malta on the 10th of April, 1929. Later sources have sometimes claimed that the concept goes back to World War I, but there is no print evidence of this. There is evidence of early RAF reference in the 1920s to a lowly men, lowly, yeah, lowly menial person. I almost said mental. I just thought myself, they might have been mental. They thought the little creatures were running around in the engines. Uh, yeah. In other words, a low ranking officer or enlisted man saddled with oppressive assignments. Now, I did say there's a thing there a popularization by Roald Dahl. Mm-hmm. You might know who Roll Dahl is. Uh, might have well, heard the name. Well, he's credited for getting the Gremlins known outside the Royal Air Force. I wonder if he wrote a book on it. No, he actually... Okay, so he had his own experience in an accidental crash landing in the Western Desert when he ran out of fuel in January of 1942. He was transferred to Washington, D.C. as an assistant air attaché at the British Embassy. And he wrote his first children's novel, The Gremlins, in which Gremlins were tiny men who lived in RAF fighters. In the same novel, Dahl called the wives of Gremlins fifanellas, their male children widgets and their female children... Fibber gibbet. <laughs> well, he was good at uh, coming up with fun, uh, weird words like uh, Oompa oh. Loompa. Oh. If I say Oompa Loompa, you're like, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. so this is the guy who wrote really Wonka, the BFG, which Disney made a movie of, the we big friendly giant, movie. which I don't think that, that movie doesn't get enough credit. I thought it was great. It was so good. I liked it. It was I remember cute.
1: watching. I watched it one time. It's been a while. i might have to rewatch, but
0: uh, it was also, so good. James and the Giant Peach, which I think I need to watch again because I watched it. I don't think I, I, I caught everything out of it when the first time I watched it. I might it. have
1: watched that when I was younger. I don't remember.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of the ones I think I need to give it another try because I remember kind of yeah. falling asleep. But uh-huh. I've listened to another podcast, kind of compared that to the book and everything. I was like, you know, this wasn't such a bad story. It's weird. But Roald Dahl was a prolific children's author and he had big issues with television because he yeah. said, no, kids should be reading books and I'll write them for them, you know. Yeah, uh, of course, he grew up with radio and probably, you know, because you can still use your imagination with radio. And he, I felt the TV, you know, you don't have any imagination in there. And, you know, he's kind of got a point, you know. So, yeah, I think that's why he has the character Mike TV there. <laughs> he's like, that's one of the bad kids as he watches TV. So, yeah. So, Roald Dahl, I've kind of popularized it here in the States. So, uh, and one of the funny other things, you notice this was a Warner Brothers release. There's a classic Bugs Bunny cartoon with a gremlin. That gets huh? on on a plane with Bugs Bunny, and that's one of the few times that Bugs Bunny is being tormented by something. Mm-hmm. And normally, Bugs Bunny is like, "Oh, you're trying to hunt me. I'm going to have fun with you." But this is something that messes with Bugs Bunny and actually has comes with <laughs> a pretty fun ending because only Bugs Bunny could get away with a you know gravity not working because he ran out of gas. So, but yeah, so Gremlins have kind of been around, and the, the, I guess zeitgeist and in their own way. And so, of course, when I was a kid, I'd never heard all this stuff. Yeah. So, what were your expectations going into this?
1: Um, I actually, I, sh- I wasn't really sure. I was, cause I, re- you told me that it it's, at first it seems scary, but then it gets fun. But you said it was like, it seems scary at first, but then it's funnier. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, like halfway through, I had to pause because I didn't, <laughs> I did not agree with the sounds that they made. <laughs> <laughs> they were nasty. It was like, I don't know. I just don't like, I have like a, like a, a noise sensory issue. I don't like certain noises.
0: Uh, those provided by Frank Welker, by the way.
1: <gasps> I loved yeah. Gizmo. He was, I, I think I, I just wrote Gizmo with a heart. I love
0: Gizmo. <laughs> See, that's... He's so cute. The reason why I asked, like, first impressions, you, what you were, might have been thinking going in, is when this movie was coming out... Uh-huh. The I didn't see the trailers. The trailers really didn't even show any creatures. I mean, you got like little bits of something, but you didn't get yeah. an idea. But I didn't see the trailers again. I saw TV commercials that didn't show anything. So when this movie came out and it was the beginning of summer, we were just launching summer break. We went to Hardee's and Hardee's had a, uh, <laughs> they had a series of five records that were parts of the story. Uh-huh. Like we used, we used to have read along records, record and book kind of things. Uh, yeah. So Hardee's had a little. Um, like window clings on their windows, and gizmo and driving a car, nothing cute stuff. So we're like, oh, oh this is a that's what this movie is. We should go see that. So <laughs> uh, my brother and I went actually to the the uh, the Hardys used to be right over here near Antioch Mall hmm. And so right across the street from that was used to be a movie theater, which is now is that a dollar store. Yeah, there's there's, there's family. There's a dollar tree, but there's it's a dollar store. Now they're next to Fantastic Sands That used to be a movie theater when we were kids. And so oh, my brother and I went in there and they only had two screens. One screen was showing Peach Dragon. The other one was showing Gremlins. And my mom even asked my brother and I, which would you rather see? You want to see Peach Dragon or Gremlins? Now, the reason why I mentioned this, Mm -hmm. I didn't see Peach Dragon until I was an adult, uh, for one, but we went in there. But when gremlins turned to a scary scene, the whole kitchen thing, I remember looking at my brother and says, maybe we should have gone to Peach Dragon. (laughs) I was terrified. (laughs) Didn't know that about five minutes later, I'd be laughing my head off.
1: Yeah, it was so funny.
0: mm -hmm. So So we had expectations that were completely thrown for me. Yeah. Because it even starts out cute. Knowing that it's something, because you'd seen what the gremlins were going to look like, apparently. Because you said uh, that you didn't like the look seen, of something. i like,
1: pictures here and there, but
0: yeah. So you knew that was, like, coming. So were you kind of half wondering, like, okay, well, this is going to go bad any minute now?
1: I don't know. I don't think I was, like, really expecting whatever happened. <laughs>
0: You knew something was like okay. There's supposed to be some sort of horror thing coming yeah. out here. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because he was told not to feed them after midnight,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he did it anyway. Yeah. So I was like, "Ooh." He
0: kind of got set up.
1: It was like an anticipation thing because it was just like waiting to see what would happen. Yeah, it was really interesting.
0: Yeah, and that the first part of the movie. And it's, I, I, what a, one of the things I appreciate is setting up the small town. Now, the the fun part is, and this probably didn't click for you. So the first time you see um, Kingston Falls, you have this nice wide shot when the title comes up. Was there anything about that that looked familiar?
1: Um, no. All
0: right. Well, it didn't click. Because the fun part is you just watched the movie that was filmed after this was filmed on that same set, Back to the Future. The town square there. And if you look even at the opening shot on Gremlin, when they have the title up, you can kind of see where the clock tower is. You can see some of the pillars. But they, you know, had that town square where the Christmas trees are being sold kind of in the middle of it, but that's that same set that's on Universal's lot that they also did Back to the Future and a bunch of other films.
1: Oh, now that you how did you say See that, now, yeah.
0: Now you're like, oh. Now I'm thinking
1: back to when it, he was mm-hmm. walking through. I was like, it oh, so did look familiar. The
0: main, Other than neighborhoods, the main area of all the stuff you saw in town was around on that town square. I'd forgotten about the- it. Uh, I remember that now, too, now that you mentioned it, because I've seen all of those, and once you said that, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it does – It does ring a bell now. And I was like, why does this all look so familiar? But yeah, Gremlins is one of my favorites. And yes, it is a Christmas movie and Gizmo is my favorite. Yes. He's so cute. In fact, the funny funny thing thing
1: is, is,
0: (laughs) and this will be another big clue thing for Uh, Heather's been trying to figure out what to get me for Christmas. And I've dropped several hints that for years and Target has had this. They have a little singing Gizmo that sings his little (laughs) and he does a little dance i well, will get into the like the toy things here later though because holy cow there were toys.
1: Oh yeah, I've seen.
0: Back in the day, I I by my Christmas seen. time. Uh, but we'll, I assume
1: we'll, they would be little <laughs> toys for Gizmo.
0: Especially Gizmo.
1: He's so cute. That's all I have to say about him. He's so cute. He was I adorable.
0: And it's amazing how they did this because you had a, a series of different puppets. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh you'd have you can tell some hand puppets. They could use because they had a, a large gizmo head to get those tight shots where it was more animated. He could express and all this stuff. We had a smaller one that was slightly limited who worked a little bit like the Doozers in Fraggle Rock, which you'd have no idea what I'm talking about. But no. why listeners will know the Doozers from Fraggle Rock.
1: Oh, good so, for them. But,
0: you know, but a lot of simple stuff. Uh, oh, and I, the guy's name was Carl, I think, Salus. Uh, he was the one who who was designed all the puppets and everything.
1: Yeah, I, I think I wrote a note somewhere. About, like, I, w- I was kind of curious on how, like, they came to make the Gremlins and Gizmo and all that, because that looks really interesting to me.
0: It's amazing. Well, Steven Spielberg was producer on this, and he was he was yeah, known for effects. I,
1: I think I saw his name pop up a couple times mm-hmm. in the credits, maybe about three, three four yeah. times.
0: And you did see, you know, the Amblin Entertainment logo comes up at the end of the mm-hmm. credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this might have been the first film, I think, that was put out as an Amblin. It's not the first time he was a producer. There's also a new movie named called Poltergeist. Maybe next Halloween, if you've never seen it, oh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist terrified me as a child. I can watch it as I'll an adult watch and any enjoy horror
1: it. Horror movie. I love horror movies.
0: <laughs> her, her dad Ryan is still is shaking his head. That He's movie
1: afraid of snakes. I, like,
0: why did it have to be snakes? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I I appreciate they probably would had to have gone through a lot of different dogs that would react well to the puppet. And not just bark at it. Because you notice a few times Barney comes over and licks the ear or whatever. He's just like, he took it as this real and it was his little friend. No. Completely real to the dog. So cute. So I'm I'm sure the one part that wasn't quite real. Well, I think Barney kind of barks when he's hung up on the Christmas lights. uh, Which is one of your first clues that something's wrong.
1: Yes, I saw that. I remember I've...
0: Uh, One thing I've I've observed... And I I haven't watched there's an animated series that's on on Mac now where they try to give some backstory to Mongwise, which the the, what's the problem I have with it is they're calling him Gizmo. And no, he didn't get the Gizmo until Randall Peltzner (laughs) named him Gizmo because he seemed to like to tinker with my inventions, you know, that kind of thing, which was your first indication that they were smarter than they seem. Um, Did you find your note?
1: Yeah, it just says Barney question mark, hanging question mark.
0: <laughs> You're like, how'd that happen? So, yeah,
1: I kind of knew they were they were sitting in that little box gossiping.
0: Yes. You knew they were up to no good. They were gossiping. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I what I've taken to to notice is Izmo <laughs> seems to be the rare exception to Mongwai. They might all be mischievous because uh-huh. he knows it's probable when as soon as he's wet and he springs out the five others. Yeah. He knows. Cause he's he's over there. Like no. so many times.
1: Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, he's so cute. He reminds uh, me of a toddler. I want one.
0: Uh, everybody wanted one. Except I, I literally
1: for- said, when, as soon as I saw him pop up, I was like, I want one. My friend was sitting right there. I was like, I want one.
0: <laughs> yes. But Gizmo seems to know if he multiplies, the other Mogwai are not going to have his same disposition. Mm-hmm. They're they all already have little.
1: personalities. I wrote that in my notes on my phone. Yeah, they all have different not as much as uh,
0: if you ever want to sit and watch Gremlins 2, they're even more variants of personalities and even did different looks for them. And they they and Gremlins 2 kind of makes fun of the first movie because there's stuff that if you tried to think on, it doesn't make any sense. And they make fun of it. And it's funny that way. And it's more And Heather actually likes the second one better because it doesn't have any scary moments to it whatsoever. It's just funny. (laughs) <laughs> it's just funny this it's time. just it's just silly because really when yeah. you look at the gremlins they're just cartoon characters with reptilian skin mm-hmm. which you don't think of I did notice I watching this time and I because I do have a dark sense of humor did you catch there were some occasional things that okay I see how that's funny like yeah. when the mom's upstairs and suddenly the songs particularly do you hear what I hear because literally she's hearing something it's like am I hearing that I'm alone in this house why am I hearing this it's funny I in a weird way I wrote
1: a note for her and all I said was girl boss
0: yeah, she whoops some butt. Uh huh. Don't mess with Mrs. Peltzner. She ate that or up. Peltzer. Oh, yeah. It's kind of gross. <laughs> the whole scene is really nasty. I,
1: I think I wrote several times. I kept writing <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, because just like anything that came from them was nasty looking.
0: Yeah. Which is a fun part. Uh, actually, uh, something else I looked up. Yeah. So, Steven Spielberg had a little bit of trouble with Anne Jones in the Temple of Doom. Because there was no such thing as PG thirteen, and he wrote the edge, and he was really wanting that PG because he wanted families to be able to go see Temple of Doom. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen that one?
1: Uh, no, but I've heard of
0: it. Okay, you've heard of like guys goes and the villain can pull your heart out of your chest. Really? Yeah, it's it's freaky, mm-hmm. man, and it's it's kind of a it's dark for an Indiana Jones, and it's my least favorite of the originals. I don't consider the other two worth watching, so mm-hmm. we'll leave those be. I, they don't exist. The three <laughs> original Indiana Jones watch all day. Uh, Temple Doom kind of got under fire for its pushing the edge. Mr. Spielberg was afraid he almost got an R with that one. Gremlins was on the same thing because they, I mean, they did this stuff it, had, it did have appeal to kids. After you get past the scariness, it, did, it definitely had an appeal to kids. But there were a lot of groups that were like, "It was kind of violent there." So. HBO Family when it started yeah. airing, it would edit out the the violent parts. So, which I would say probably most of that kitchen scene, you don't get to see the gremlins exploding in microwaves. <laughs> oh, I did like see. That. Yeah, but I did but see as that. it was edited, shown in HBO Family, they took that stuff out. But yeah. it was two months after Gremlins came out that the MPAA finally listens to Spielberg and came up with PG thirteen. So you'd have something in between PG and R. Well,
1: now the first time I watched it. It was on cable. I saw it at my cousin's house. They did not edit it because yeah. my cousin well, were telling me about, oh,
0: HBO it. Family came along oh, microwave
1: later. microwave and all that stuff. Like, I had a cousin that would tell tell the whole thing, and, like, no, we saw it all.
0: Yeah, and I saw it all in a theater because, yeah, PG, you were allowed a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I did write. I wrote, that was brutal.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's all I wrote. That was brutal. That was brutal. It was funny, but brutal.
0: <laughs> yeah, because at least the movie let Austin you know. I like
1: that movie.
0: That movie did let, it let you know that the movie was having a sense of humor because you have the sword every time they close the door, they would fall off the wall. Uh, little things that would just would be kind of funny. Uh-huh. And, but then the, the humor does turn dark. because the, the two things I realized have some dark humor is that, do you hear what I hear? <laughs> darkly, that's funny.
1: Yeah, I remember, I remember laughing a little bit when that started mm-hmm. playing. I was like, that's, that's really funny. Also, and great song.
0: And the, the professor, the, the biology teacher with the syringe in his backside. Yeah. Darkly funny, if you think about it. It was like, because yeah. he's like, oh, you're, not, and I love the way that he sets it up before he sticks his hand with a candy bar under the desk. He says, oh, you're not I'm still mad about that little blood test, are you? Yes, he was. He <laughs> Clearly. was very mad. <laughs> so it's dark. As a kid, I didn't get dark humor, but I've got a dark sense of humor now. <laughs> Heather doesn't. She doesn't always get my dark humor. But yeah, it's darkly funny. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we didn't get... Now, did you recognize Mrs. Deagle when she showed up later in the movie?
1: When the gremlins came to her house?
0: Yes. You, you did catch that it was Mrs. Deagle. Yeah, I know. Okay. See, when I was a kid, without her wig and hat, no idea that was supposed to have been her.
1: I, I knew.
0: But I was a kid. I didn't realize... I mean, they even show you the sign out front that this is Deagle's real estate mm-hmm. and this is her home. I
1: don't think I wrote much about her. I think at, at first I thought she was funny and then she wasn't funny anymore. Yeah, she's
0: horrible. She's yeah. so mean. What's, yeah. What is funny is there was a TV show called Alice at the time, mm. and she was on that as a waitress, and she made popular this phrase, well, kiss my grits. <laughs> and she's a very funny actress. but uh-huh. given, They gave her this rotten character to play, but it's one of those things. Every small town has to have one. Yeah. As, I think ever since It's a Wonderful Life, which is funny story on It's a Wonderful Life. It, it's playing, of course. The mother's watching it as she's shopping. I don't know how many onions. She's got way too many onions. <laughs> yeah. When he walks in, but- uh, I learned actually something. It's a wonderful life for a while because of how copyright work was one of the movies that it kind of fell out of its own public domain kind of early mm-hmm. and didn't get fixed up for a long time. So everybody, every Christmas, every TV station could show it for free. So it's a wonderful life. Just was con- showing constantly on television stations. Of course, and, and, and where the mom's crying is at the end, the super happy ending there uh, is, is where she's like crying. But yeah. I think it's because she's got a mound of onions about this high. <laughs> and I'm like, what is she making?
1: Yeah. I was gonna say I could watch I could watch that Fight with my parents, but I've I've I don't wanna watch it with my parents because I talk a lot because I like to make little notes to myself when I'm watching <laughs> movies and shows. And then he gets all mad at me. He's like well, stuck <laughs> talking. And I'm like, but I need to make notes, okay? I need to make verbal notes yeah. on this scene.
0: I don't know if you would have been familiar though. Speaking of actor's an actress of pop in this. Did you make a note of Pete at all? Who? Okay. You're not probably familiar with Corey Feldman, no. Okay, yeah, I know your dad is like what Corey Feldman. I mean, he grew up with us. He was one of the Goonies. One of her earliest things is did you have you ever seen the Fox and the Hound?
1: Yes, it was my favorite show.
0: Uh, I, I believe I he's he's Todd, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's it. the voice of of Todd as a pup. That's Corey Feldman. Uh, later, I mean, he did a lot of movies with his other guy Corey Haim as he got older. Uh, he also was the voice of Donatello in the first of the Ninja Turtle movies from 1990. Uh, I don't know that he's really done anything here lately, uh, but he was like a big child actor who grew know up.
1: That. I loved the fox in the hound.
0: OK, but yeah, so Corey Feldman was, you know, uh, was, who played Pete, child actor who kind of grew up. Uh, I think he's sort of retired from the limelight. He actually, I think, put out like a few albums. Like He was trying to put a band together. He was known for hanging out with Michael Jackson even back in the day. There's Ooh. even some video where he had a little glove and he's dancing with Michael Jackson. He actually Michael. could do a lot of Michael Jackson's moves from the 80s. So, yeah, Corey Feldman became kind of a big deal. Wow. <laughs> some of the other casts that uh, uh – family-friendly podcasts, how to get into this. But there's something that I find funny, even though I've never seen this movie. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I am familiar with the scene.
1: They have it on Netflix. I saw it the other day. You watched looking, the whole
0: thing? No, okay. I just,
1: I saw it on Netflix somewhere. I was yes,
0: like, I oh. don't do not do our rated comedies, but I am familiar yeah. with a scene where this is, this was after Gomez, but Phoebe Cates, who played Kate, uh, Judge Reinhold, who plays kind of the jerk, a y- uh, yuppie guy at the bank, who's like, well, I'm 23, I'm going to be a billionaire, all this stuff. Oh, that guy. So that's uh, Judge Reinhold. Gerald,
1: right? Yeah, Gerald.
0: Nice catch, because he's only in that one little bit. He doesn't come back the rest of the movie. I don't know why. But, I so, remember
1: that scene because I remember laughing at it.
0: So, Fast Time at Highs, he sees Phoebe Kate's character in that red bikini in a pool, goes into the restroom, and fantasizes about her coming out of the pool and taking the top off. Oh. And that's where I'm going to leave that from what I know of that scene. She's more known for that than the Gremlins. I'd prefer to think of her in Gremlins, because yeah. that's the, the the try to pure being that I'm trying to be. <laughs> but that's it's kind of it's a pop culture thing. It has to kind of be mentioned. But it's, I find it funny yeah. that he's in the movie and he's also creeping on her in Gremlins as he is in Fast Times at Richmond High. Yeah, because he's just like, "When you come see my apartment, and you never did see my apartment." I love her comeback on that. I didn't see your old one either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I loved her. I think mm-hmm. I wrote like one note about her. Um, What's the note? That she was pretty because I was like, I was like, okay. she has like, I, she has like a nice facial structure. I don't know. I I remember making a note that she was pretty.
0: The note I would have put, because this is the one part of the movie that annoys me. What? Did it make any sense for her to have this issue with Christmas? And did we need this scene of this horrible story about her father?
1: I I literally, I paused when um, they were walking. and She's talking about the suicide rates during Christmas. (laughs) I paused, looked at my friend. I said, there was no reason for that. Yeah. Absolutely none.
0: And then you, you get you get her reasons for not liking Christmas later, but did yeah. that that really makes her, is her entire character based on the fact that she doesn't like Christmas because her father had the tragic accident? I not
1: I didn't understand it because it, they didn't really put it into the plot all right. that much. It got brought up twice,
0: and, and, and that was about I, it. I mean, I can see maybe they're trying to develop some character, but if if that somehow or another her thing against Christmas would have come up to be helpful or something to come back in an important way instead of just being this real downer. Mm-hmm. It would have made sense. But in Gremlins 2, they make fun of this. They have a little scene where she's like, oh, don't even talk presidents to me. Remember once one time where me and my mother were sitting on a bench at a park and this guy, he looked just like Abraham Lincoln. He walked up and he said, hello, little girl. And that's as far as she gets because somebody pulls her right out of there. So, And that's their way of making fun of how stupid that was. <laughs> like Oh, she doesn't like presidency because you don't get the whole story of Abraham Lincoln. But she's starting to tell this and then somebody just pulls her right out.
1: That so. is so funny.
0: The Gremlins too. it really does make fun of it. They even have a guy who's like, well, wait a minute. What about, what if you're on an airplane and, and he started eating something, but then he crossed the date line and now it's after midnight and he's still eating it? Mm. Or what if he got a crumb in there and then he swallowed the crumb after that? Now, he didn't eat that before, you know. They have a whole lot of things <laughs> that people are questioning Billy about after he's trying to tell him, you uh, know, when, whether Billy. it goes wrong.
1: I I like his hair. <laughs> his hair looks really soft I want to know how he got it like that uh,
0: One other thing you probably didn't catch It's a little fun Easter egg Is, okay, so you see, you know Because Billy's, you know, trying to be an artist, cartoonist And you see occasionally he's drawing something uh-huh. Well, he's showing his drawings Actually to the guy who made those drawings At one point huh? Do you know the name Chuck Jones? Um, you ever seen How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Yes Chuck Jones was the director of that. He did made several Looney Tunes. He did a lot of Tom and Jerry. Uh, with Oh. Uh, he's basically the one. That, most of those Bugs Bunny, those Roadrunner cartoons, Chuck Jones.
1: My brother loves those Roadrunner mm-hmm. cartoons. Style.
0: Yeah. Chuck yeah. Jones definitely had his own sort of style, but that's actually Chuck Jones there. You see in the bar that Billy's showing his art to. They oh. just give him a cameo just because he he drew those the stuff that you were going to see that Billy was supposed to be drawing. Chuck mm-hmm. Jones drew that for them. Uh, he He's passed away, unfortunately, but he was one of the greatest... Oh animators i still like to say one of the, the top animators was Ub Iworks. Mm-hmm. uh i mean he's he's the guy that sure you know maybe uh walt disney came up with mickey mouse and did the first drawings but Ub works is the one who animated those early mickey mouse ones and mm-hmm. they're brilliant uh, so Ub Iworks is still my top uh chuck jones has got to be number two and i've got to agree actually i was watching a video just before um another guy not gil keen because that was the one with family circus but uh glen keen uh, one of the animators who worked at Disney, uh, he did some of the early stuff and then he was supervising uh, animator in some of the 90s mm-hmm. uh, with with some of the films. Brilliant animator. Uh, but yeah, the, the Keen family are all great artists, I guess. that's <laughs> just the thing that, you know, besides creating family circus, you know, it was, I think was his father, maybe. I don't remember. It's something like that. Yeah. A little huh. side note. But yeah, so one of the greatest animators actually has this little cameo in that movie.
1: That's really cool.
0: All right. So now at what point for you did you feel like the movie? After, of course, it became a horror, a horror movie for a while. All the way up and to at least Stripe jumping in the pool. Because then you think, oh yeah. my gosh, we're in for it.
1: I actually, I wrote a little thing about that scene. I said the pool scene was super cool. Yeah. I, that lo- that was like the smoke and all that, that
0: was really cool. The effects were cool. Yeah. And you have that. I love the little sound they have. The <laughs> they would even do.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Even as, yeah. as Stripe is dying in the end. But so at what point did you realize this was going to become... Full on comedy.
1: Wait, um,
0: I mean, what was the scene that like you that you started laughing out loud at?
1: I don't think I started like actually laughing at anything until Miss Deagle flew out the window.
0: <laughs> so it took you that long to get to there, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean there was like little bits and pieces here that were like funny. I wrote a note about like their little their little giggles and their little laughs are really funny because <laughs> yeah. it reminds me of my sister. <laughs> I got a gizmo in my house. Her name's Lily. <laughs>
0: there you go. The, the fun part is you're, uh, you're given some clues. It's like, uh, oh, and I, I should have brought on all this stuff. But the the Futtermans, you know, the Billy's next door neighbor. Mm, I was uh, trying
1: to remember their names. Yeah. Like
0: Murray. Uh, he, uh, if I remember correctly, in like the 60s, was famous for doing a lot of Westerns. And she was actually a big star, the wife, uh, mm-hmm. in the, like the 50s. So they were yeah. old Hollywood. I didn't know until like when I I covered this movie actually a long time ago on the podcast probably season two or something long time ago. Uh Uh, But they were actually big Hollywood. So having them as a couple is fun. But the first clue, all right, when he goes outside Mm -hmm. and there's a noise and you see her, her eyes going this little side to side. There's (laughs) something (laughs) the way she did. It was funny that you're like, oh, hey, ready? We're about to turn gears. But what would have been something horrible when they bust out that bulldozer would have been like, oh, no. The theme song comes in called The Gremlin's Rag, which is this weird, mischievous, goofy thing song. When that starts playing, it's like giving you permission to say, isn't this kind of cartoonish? Uh huh. And it gives you permission to say, actually, no, we're, this is funny. Yes, they're horrible little monsters, but Mm -hmm. they're mischievous, horrible little monsters.
1: I remember, I remember laughing out loud when, uh, they're about to. Get run over or whatever, and he was like, "He's like, I told you they were real or whatever." He (laughs) said, "It's a gremlin in my bulldozer." Yes, (laughs) yeah, I was like, "That's really (laughs) funny," because he's he was talking about it at the beginning, and I was like, "This just sounds like an old man rambling," because he wants to ramble.
0: You think he's a crazy old man, but I was Uh like,
1: "Mm?" "He's really funny."
0: You'll be happy to know gremlins too. They're back. They survived the bulldozer.
1: Oh, yeah, I was. I remember don't having that how. question the whole time. I was like, "Are they okay?" They never elaborated if they were okay or not.
0: Yeah, because yeah, when they when the, the call goes into the sheriff's office, they just they talk just about a horrible a accident? accident. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, and oh. I, don't, I don't think the intention of the movie was that for them to have survived that because really they're pinned. They're they're up against the corner of the house, but they're yeah. around there, and uh, it's it's kind of fun because uh, they come because the, the second movie takes place in New York. And uh, and Mrs. Futterman, Lovely. you know, they they come to visit Billy in New York. Like, oh, we hear you're a big you know art designer up here. We want to come see and come visit New York. And and Aww, uh, and nice. as Mr. Futterman tells okay, we're not allowed to talk about ever since the because <laughs> Mr. Futterman went and got put in a, a nut house for a little while because no one believed him. You were, you even see at the end of the first Gremlins, the reporters like they're talking about little green man, you know yeah so he's he's gone nuts and of course he's telling everybody so he ended up in the nut house for a while, apparently but yeah. he gets his he gets his ba- his payback on them gremlins in the second movie so yes, the spiders because they' they're kind of a lovable couple of people the only yeah, character you a very see get little
1: it kooky couple yeah. I like them
0: so I'm glad they survived but Mrs. Deagle is the one that I think kind of deserved it
1: yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I think what made me really dislike her is her threatening an animal yeah don't do that.
0: For, for doing what a dog is, you know, because when Billy offered to pay her back for the thing mm-hmm. and a decent person would be like, OK, all right, I don't expect you have to be able to pay it all at once. But she's not a decent person. She's mm-hmm. like, I want the dog. I'll take him to the shelter. It'll be quick. She's horrible. Yeah. So she's the one when she goes flying out. You can laugh at that. She yeah, gets, like, I, her out I, the and window. I
1: started I started like cackling. I was like.
0: Right along with the little gremlins that were cackling at the same time.
1: Uh huh. I felt like them in that moment.
0: I I kind of actually love it she knows how horrible a person she is because Uh after they're caroling at her which is hilarious you know they close the door they've come for me but I'm not ready to go she's thinking demons have come to drag her to hell Mm -hmm. clearly I was like well obviously you think you deserve it because you've been horrible time for you to repent because you're going to get on that chair and that's it just
1: the way she flew out (laughs) the window was just really and then like the officers was like was that Miss (laughs) (laughs) Steagle?" I'm just like and they just drive off.
0: <laughs> yeah. They want nothing to do with it. And they even manage to make it kind of funny when they see, uh, I, I forgot the name of the guy's I'm like, Charlie, who, he plays Santa every year. What's he got all over him? And the deputy's over there like, I'd really, can we start the car? I'd really like to go now. Can can we start the car? Yeah. You because know, I'd really <laughs> like to go back to the station. Yeah. You know, little freak out panic is, as the, as the guy's been over this one, girl, in the middle. Nah, nah, nah. It's kind of ridiculous.
1: It is. So. It's really funny. <laughs>
0: Uh, but they managed to make it cartoony. There is uh, one of the other things I think is hilarious. is the one that's sitting there, you know, messing with the traffic lights to make them both green. And you hear the crash off camera. And just <laughs> but as they go in that shot, when they're, when they're moving down to get them playing with the wires, if you look, the smoke that's coming off of the wires is reversed. So I guess the shot might have been a pull away that they decided it looked better if it was zooming into the Gremlin. But if you look oh. real close, you can see some of the smoke they've put in there that's supposed to be coming off the wires going downward. Huh. little kind of fun Easter egg that it's kind of fun to watch.
1: Yeah. With like little things like that, you got to really look for those. Yes.
0: But so where this movie really goes off the rails. Hilarious is when we get to Dory's Tavern.
1: <laughs> I wrote
0: a couple notes. Wait, right, what's your notes?
1: Um, I wrote the scenes of them drinking a spug at the bar. Had me roll. I was, I was rolling mm-hmm. on my bed. It was so funny. I had to pause because I was laughing so hard. Um, and then that's when I wrote they all have their personal like their own little personality. Yeah, they'd all show um, up and be different. Oh, and then I wrote Disco Gremlin.
0: <laughs> and that's not cats. disco, that's a break dancer.
1: I yeah. didn't know L- what look
0: I it up. Kind of like <laughs> look it up in the eighties and learn about breakdancing. And you can tell break breakdancing from the uh this, the the back was like one of those. Yeah, moves.
1: I I remember watching it and I was like, How how can a gremlin do that But I can't?
0: That's, well, it's one of those acquired skills, man. Breakdancing was I big though, in the 80s. I
1: party and impress people.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll call it the Gremlin. There you go. I am the, a They actually wrote a, a, a song for that. So that song that's playing right there is <laughs> very specific to that. And if you look in the credits, it's Gremlin Dance Magic or something. Dance Madness. Uh, I forgot <laughs> yeah. who the credit, but yeah, that song was written just for that little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of fun. It's like any gag they could think of, they just threw it into that one scene with the when the Ray Charles one. I like to go because he looks like Ray Charles is sitting there and turning. On the radio, yeah, yeah. And then you got the guy in the hat. I love the guy in the hat. The, the best part of that for me is the one that comes over the puppets to annoy the guy in the hat.
1: <laughs> and the
0: guy hits him with the you know the cartoonish hammer. Yeah, I, I love that.
1: Yeah, that whole entire scene was just like funny. And then you know Kate trying to get out or whatever.
0: Yeah. Now here's the one thing that they they. I call it a mistake. You see, one gremlin. He's he, when we first get in there, he's already got three cigarettes lit. Before she's before when, when Kate's going to figure out that they don't like light, she's trying to light him another set of three cigarettes, but he's backing away from the light. Mm-hmm. Now, how did he get those first three cigarettes lit?
1: Yeah, I actually, you know, when I got to the part, I really, I didn't really think about that too deep. I was just like, huh.
0: Yeah. Okay. I call that a bit a bit of a goof. Yeah. But you know, you just kind of go with it.
1: I mean, the rest of the movie's pretty Yeah, you good really can't stuff. take a
0: lot of this movie seriously, <laughs> except for the weird downer moment of her father dying in the in the accident of trying to be seen that's Yeah. The, that's a downer, but really, you was, just don't take this movie why seriously would
1: you at all. even why <laughs> would you even think that was a good idea to climb in your chimney like that? why in what world yeah i mean my my dad chooses to not have hair most of the time, and I don't think he would even choose to climb down our chimney
0: out <laughs> yeah. No, it's, you know, it's hanging on some other things. Well, there's if you ever heard there's a, a comedy song called there's something stuck in the chimney or there's mm. something in the chimney. Mm. It's a it's a, a comedy group and it says an album called Twisted Christmas that came out, I think, like late 80s or something. Uh-huh. It's the same one. If you ever hear uh, the restroom door said gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the other ones? That they, there's there's stuff that they play on the radio, uh, the one or the, or the, like the Christmas stations, whatever. They'll play some of their stuff, huh. uh, but they'll, they'll sometimes they'll play there's something in the chimney. And we don't know what it is, but it's been there since last Christmas. And then, by, like the end of the end line of the song is like, "I'll be waiting up for Santa like it did last year," but my brother said he's already here because Santa got stuck in there for me. That's yeah,
1: that's
0: yeah. <laughs> I have a dark sense of humor. It's Funny, yes, I it's have funny. a dark sense of humor. Uh, so, my other favorite thing, besides, of course, the bar, is getting into the theater when they're watching Snow White. <laughs>
1: I thought that was so funny. That was my favorite scene out of everything. <laughs> Milk that was Duds. Yeah, Milk Duds. They said that a couple times, and then them singing yep. along. I was like, dude, they should have casted them in the Snow White movie.
0: <laughs> that would have been awesome. What are,
1: what are they doing?
0: Snow White and the Seven Gremlins.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe more than seven. <laughs>
0: uh the the two bits of that they're like my favorites is you have one who's sitting there and he's watching the movie like this and you see a gremlin kind of walk by he just kind of looks at him go by no big deal but then you see immediately after it's nothing but like a cartoonish hammer as another gremlin's just gonna thump him in the head for no good reason
1: there's like one that like they kept throwing stuff while they were trying to watch the movie and i was like huh gremlins are a lot nicer than human beings would be
0: uh, they're kind of unruly theater patrons. <laughs> theater,
1: they get mad at you.
0: Yeah, gremlins are kind of unruly, and I, we've we've been in some movies with some unruly teenagers. The uh, haunting in Venice comes to mind. Yeah, mm. so they they're acting like the worst people in theater that you've actually have probably been in a theater mm-hmm. with. So, they're but it's
1: so funny. funny. Yeah,
0: uh, and I even a, a little throw in that I think is also funny is the one that's wearing Mickey Mouse ears.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I saw that.
0: <laughs> I don't know why that makes me giggle every time. It's so like, where did he get those? I don't know.
1: I have no idea. <laughs> you Don't question the qu- don't, Yeah, don't you don't
0: question. question. Don't yeah. question them. Uh, another fun bit that I don't know if you would have caught how funny this would have been. How clever this was. Okay, so Steven Spielberg, Amblin Entertainment, mm-hmm. also Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, for was distributing. Uh-huh. So... Now, Spielberg, of course, didn't direct. It was, it was directed by Joe Dante, written by Chris Columbus, who would later go on to direct Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, <gasps> Home Alone, stuff like that. I love Harry Chris Potter. Chris Columbus, great filmmaker. I uh, love I, li- Harry I like his two Harry Potter movies best.
1: I could talk about Harry Potter for okay. hours.
0: I'm sure. And one particular scene, when they get to the Montgomery Ward, which I, mm-hmm. was my second job ever, was working Montgomery Ward in the paint department at Monkey. the Metro <laughs> North Mall. Monkey Wards, that's right. Uh, when they're in the Montgomery Ward and you have the shot that pans across the toy section, Mm-hmm. You see, of course, uh, Bugs Bunny plushes and Sylvester plushes, and before Stripe pokes his head out, you see a plush of ET. Now, have you ever seen ET the Extraterrestrial?
1: No, I'm gonna guess that's but probably I've no. I've seen like I, I've seen pictures here and there. Okay,
0: well, there's a scene uh, in ET the Extraterrestrial where ET's hiding from their mother, and he hides in the plush toys and pretends to be a toy. So that little shot was kind of a nod to ET. They put an ET toy amongst all the plushes that's where brilliant. Stripe is hiding. Hmm. So it's kind of a fun, cute little nod, and I appreciate because ET is one of my all-time movies. That it's one of the ones that's the best, but I can't watch it all the time because it tears me up. Gremlins, fortunately, is one of the, I'm trying to steer back. <laughs> Gremlins is fortunately one of the movies I can watch every year and enjoy it every time, despite it is traumatic, Even when Stripe's last you know, skeleton comes out, it's traumatic. Yeah, I watch uh,
1: this now. I found that really, <laughs> really disgusting.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of gross out stuff.
1: But again, I don't like some of the sounds that there was either. Oh, so. and
0: I wanted to get back onto that. So Frank Welker, or Howie Mandel, I think did the voice of Gizmo in this one before he was really famous, but he got known for his voice. He did the second one, but he used to use that voice on a cartoon he did called Bobby's World because it was this voice. He would kind of you know tell stories on his kid mm-hmm. doing the voice, which I think he was Gizmo originally. But all the other creatures was Frank Welker. Frank Welker, if you look him up, has voiced nearly every creature in since the 60s and huh. everything from Futurama being the weird little. Whatever, what's the guy's That's name?
1: That's such a weird profession.
0: Yeah. But he's he, but he's also, he's Fred and Scooby-Doo.
1: <gasps>
0: he played Ray Stance in the real Ghostbusters cartoon. He, he's voiced great. so many characters. He's even got to be Garfield at one point for an animated series. I love
1: Garfield. If you look Frank Welker up, he
0: is, um, speaking of Transformers, Megatron. That was Frank Welker. Frank really? Wilker is one of the greatest voice oh. actors of all time. Wow. I would rank him above Mel Blanc just because he can do weird animal and creature voices. He can do animal voices that you'd believe. Uh, he's aku, a not that's That's poo. What's the name of the monkey in Aladdin? Abu. Abu. He's Abu, the monkey, because he can do creature voices. I mean, he's he's older than dirt now. Very, but.
1: very talented. I will give him that. Yes. I just have again. The, Noise the, sensory issues. Yeah. I well, don't you're like, supposed certain to not like the
0: gremlins' voices. I guess they're supposed to be horrid. You know. Well, I
1: didn't just mind their voices caca. all that much. Oh my gosh. So and yeah. Oh,
0: all that. not so much yeah. the voices, yeah. but the squelchy noises. I, I didn't.
1: Stuff. I mean, I all I said for that is I just didn't like the noises. Other than that, I did think the Gizmo Caca thing was really yeah, funny. I, I wrote. I wrote that down. <laughs> I just wrote. I wrote the quote. I didn't say anything else but the quote. <laughs> It was
0: Which funny. You actually, I, I I only noticed I think this time, despite having watched this so many times, the uh, the the gremlin before you even get, get a look, good look at them that's running around the biology classroom
1: mm-hmm.
0: as uh you because he bumps into a, a thing as he, he runs past and you see something get knocked over, mm-hmm. you hear thump, so he's he's hurt himself and you actually hear him go kaka. So it's basically like you know <laughs> his kaka would be poop. So yeah. it's kind of like you know in Star Wars poodoo. It's mm. the same when they yell poodoo, you know what they mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> as as those who have heard the Dr. Mento, Mento song, shaving cream, be nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a song. It's funny. Trust me. Mm. <laughs> it's a mm. joke. Oh, he stepped in a big pile of shaving cream, be nice and clean. Yes. <laughs> you get the idea, I'm sure. So, yeah, if, yeah when they yell "kaka," you know what they're trying to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. Where did they, where did you learn the word "kaka"? I don't, know.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're smarter than human beings are. Yeah. I have no idea.
0: They're smarter than we think because, I mean, they, they actually set up this. What's, what I find interesting, and maybe I never picked up on it until I was watching it again this morning, mm-hmm. going back to Barney getting strung up by, on the Christmas lights. It's right after Randall Peltzer, the dad, is saying, I bet these could replace the family dog. And, of course, I love how the way Barney is like. <laughs> and but Stripe hears that. It's like, oh, replace the family dog. OK. Will they string up the dog. And interesting since so that night after he says that, that that's when they string up Barney <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. oh they know they know English they, of oh course when we gosh. show the gizmo knows those Chinese as well you know
1: they're literally just like little children mm-hmm. but
0: worse mean little children if they could get worse if children could get worse that's yes. what they would be the other part that almost kind of gets me though every time on this one Hi, Billy
1: oh, oh it's so cute <laughs> The ending Just melts me. The ending, I cried a little, Ugh. just a tiny bit. I was like, "No, not Gizmo! Not yeah, Gizmo. he's got go. Bring him back." Well, he Gizmo.
0: Uh, In fact, while doing a, a quick follow up on this to make sure I had all the you know directors and whatnot, mm-hmm. Gremlins Three might finally happen. Mm-hmm. They're, they've been hinting to try to get a Gremlins Three for the longest time, mm-hmm. and they've talked to uh, Zach, the actor who played Billy, uh, and he's, he they're, apparently they're actually really close to finally getting a Gremlins Three. Because Gizmo's still around. Ooh. And as the, the animated series that's on Max right now shows that Gizmo was very ancient. He's been around since, like I forgot what time period. I need to watch, I probably need to rewatch the first episode. But the one thing that bothered me in the first episode. It's, it's a cute little cartoon, but I guess they're not taking everything to account because they call him, him Gizmo and he shouldn't have that name. Nobody would have had, this it's supposed to be in China even, they would not have had the word Gizmo anyway. And yeah. he gets the name from Randall Peltzer. He might. she he should have had a Lemagui name. We would have been need to kind of learn that name. But I guess they wanted to sound, let everybody to know. Yes, this is Gizmo. So, so yeah. overall, recommend to your generation.
1: Oh yeah, I I think that's that's one I would definitely become be like, a new you Christmas just, you should tradition. Take some time and watch it with family or something. It's really mm-hmm. funny.
0: Are you interested enough to watch the sequel? Although the sequel's kind of dumb and it's ranked lower, but it's funny.
1: Probably yeah.
0: Because it is available on Max, and so I
1: we probably watch the second one, yeah.
0: And that's I, I think it's a uh, Randall one, if I'm not mistaken. Because finally, we have one that talks fully, mm-hmm. and I believe he's voiced by the same guy who, if you watch the television series of The Odd Couple, I think it's the uh, the guy who played uh, Felix. I think he's the the talking. It's Tony Randall, if I remember correctly. Tony Randall. He's known as the Brain Gremlin. They Ooh. don't. They, they have kind of a leader one this time. And I, with the, the the previews, I thought it was going to be the brain gremlin, but there is another striped gremlin who is vicious like Stripe. Mm. But what's fun about the the new batch is all right. Saruman, Christopher Lee, great and known for like playing horror <laughs> oh, stuff.
1: Oh right, yeah.
0: He's the, he he because it all takes place. They're they're, they're kind of goofing on Donald Trump a little bit. They have <laughs> um because Don Glover or not not Donald Glover, John Glover, uh, plays Clamp, Mister Clamp who has built this high-rise, high-tech building with all kinds of fun high-tech stuff for gremlins to play with. And it all takes place inside his building. But he's got so much goofy stuff in there. Uh, it's like a mall and a TV station or whatever. Um, all right, but I, well, what was the thing that was in the thing that I was about to get to? Oh, yeah, so all right. So, it, there's he's also invited some weird biologist people mm-hmm. in there. And Christopher Lee is like the head scientist. And he's got all these weird DNA of all these different things. And when the gremlins get in there, one the, the striped one drinks a spider one and becomes this big spider gremlin. And then uh, the brain one is one he drinks this brain one. And it's funny, because after he drinks the brain one, he's like, Ugh, uh. And then he starts, he talks to the scientists. Let's talk a little about what's happening in this room here. Now, when you talk about a species such as I and introduce the DNA of, us, uh, say, this sort of nature, what do you think the type of thing might would be? And uh, he's, like, goes, rats is poetic. And then you even see a little bit where he's on a talk show. And they're asking, like, so what does you want? World, what do you think we want? World conquest. And there's even a little clip of the brain gremlin that cracks me up, where they're in like a stocks room, and all these gremlins are going buy, buy, sell, sell, and uh, he's he's on the phone. And says, well, we're telling everybody to get to load to invest in shotguns and hand grenades, right, and canned goods, because they're planning to get out of the plant building and take over the world. At this point, so, <laughs> there's a lot of good jokes that happen when you let gremlin I actually have some full intelligence and talk completely. Uh, also, one that drinks uh, female hormones and turns into the first female gremlin, and it's like Jessica Rabbit as a gremlin. Oh. It's ridiculous.
1: Well, and the brain one even even he's got when he's on a talk show. He shoots another one. He's like, it's yeah. <laughs>
0: now was that civilized? No, clearly not. Yes, <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous. They make fun of everything for the first one. There even is a fantastic cameo of Hulk Hogan. You don't know who Hulk Hogan is, though.
1: No wrestler.
0: Yeah, he was a wrestler. He was the wrestler back in the eighties. He was the WWF before the WWE champion for the longest time. Uh, huh. He's he's still around, but I mean he's he's long retired. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he still pops up every once in a while, Hall of Famer and everything. But there's this great scene where, uh, like, you're watching the movie and, like, like Christopher Lee is giving this whole thing. He's like, there are some genes man was not meant to splice because they think they actually created the gremlins. They have no idea where they came from. So they think it must have been taken from their lab, you know.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: he's he's making this big speech about there are some genes not meant to splice. And the film suddenly starts messing up and, and burns through. And you're like, what just happened? And then suddenly you hear <laughs> And you see like the shadows of Gremlins walking past screen and they start putting on what I guess was supposed to be like an adult movie or whatever. It's supposed to be girls that were supposed to be naked I guess by volleyball, but you don't see anything because you see heads or whatever. But they're like, ha, ha, ha laughing. And then all of a sudden we cut to an outside of a movie theater and this mother's going over with the two kids and talks to the theater manager. She's like, oh, what are you up to, Sean? I mean, this is worse than the first one. It's like, Well, what's going on? Like, oh, well, apparently we have Gremlins in the projection booth. So you, you see the story of the manager of the theater go out there and that down inside the, the theater room. It's like, hey, excuse me. Uh, we have gremlins up in the projection booth. Could you do something? Hulk Hogan gets on. the say, gremlins here. And he turns around and looks straight into the screen. Like he's yelling at them. Like, all right, you better show the rest of gremlins too before the Hulkster comes right up after you and all the stuff. It's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, especially if you're familiar with Hulk Hogan and he's like, do you think the Kremsters can stand up to the Hulkster?" shirt? And he was famous for ripping off his shirt and he sort of starts turning off. Now you better show the rest of the Grimms too before I come up there. Cause Hulk his thing is <laughs> what you going to do when Hulk Hulkamania runs all over it. So basically what you going to do is the Kremlin. <laughs> and then he looks deadpan into the camera. Sorry folks. Won't happen again. And then they cut the, the, the movie, you know, the camera goes back to the screen and the movie starts back up again. It is a fantastic cameo and it's completely hairy. It says it's, 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 it's I think one of the earliest fourth wall breaks you get to see in cinema, other than a really bad fourth wall break in the Masters of the Universe movie, where uh, we get Tila looking at the camera and going ah, "Woman at Arms" after <laughs> she does a really bad, stupid thing that doesn't actually make any sense. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yes, but so get around and watch the second one. I had a great, actually a fun scene. Well, I like it. It's it's kind of panned by most people because it's after what they established that was funny in the first one, but it was kind of a horror comedy then this one is just complete screwball comedy. comedy, mm-hmm. And so it was a little off-putting for a lot of people who were fans of the first one. But if you take it for what it is, where they're kind of making fun of how silly this really is, and just having fun with it, it's a hoot. Mm-hmm. Should we watch the second one when they leave? I
1: think
0: so. Okay, that's what I was kind of thinking. Because this after you watch the first, you kind of have to watch the if, second one. If I, it's got some gross parts, too, with some shredded gremlins. If I it.
1: don't go straight to sleep when we get home tonight, I could, I'll probably watch it. Awesome. If not, then I'll probably watch it tomorrow night. So, because awesome. so you'll probably it,
0: like it, yeah. it's 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 silly. We it's got really, some gross, but got a really
1: busy rest of our day.
0: I yeah, know, we're planning to be busy too. Yeah. But all right, but that Watching is our the look
1: second movie, yeah,
0: at Gremlins, and yes, we yeah. recommend it. And of course, we had to, I had to bring the sequel in, so you're
1: there you hearing go. it now, other teenagers.
0: Go exactly. watch it. Go watch it. You go, go watch it. <laughs> With milk duds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: milk duds. Okay, as we wrap this up. Uh, there are some bits that I didn't get to mention. Uh, I forgot to talk about the impact and like the toys uh, for gremlins. This is why this to to me is kind of also a Christmas movie. Other than the fact that the story is, uh, you know, pertains with Christmas. And we talked about that at the beginning there. Uh, but that Christmas, it was a gremlins Christmas for me. we got sleeping bags, uh, got a plush gizmo that you shake him and he would squeak. Many of you probably had that. Uh, there was also like a large plastic gizmo that was kind of, uh, true to size for gizmo that i remember getting and also uh, my brother and i both got these little uh, there were these toys and i they were not the greatest idea for toys but it made sense for gremlins to have something on the this water type of thing where you'd put the little this little figure in water and it would grow well we never wanted to take it out of the water because we didn't know what would happen and eventually my mother just threw them away our little gremlins toys that you put in water uh there were some other things that were made where were put in water then you that would grow Uh, but that's all it would do. You know, that was the whole bit of the toy. Didn't make a lot of sense. So that kind of went out of fashion pretty quick. So, yeah, Uh, of course we are going to mention this. uh, By the way, Diz Radio was back and I'm doing my segments again for Diz Radio. Uh, So if you have your subscription on that one, John John is back. Jonathan Johnson has brought the show back. It's a celebrity interview show. Uh, He's kind of veered away from Disney as well, although he's still going to have some Disney content to show up, which, I feel like I've kind of managed to do that, too. There's still been some Disney content that's gotten into the show, uh, even though we've pulled away from Disney. Uh, but Diz Radio is back. Make sure you check that out. Uh, but let's uh, time to wrap this show up. So make sure, of course, you visit Neverland Podcast Reviews. Uh, and you'll find now, it used to be my podcast reviews. Now it is known as Podgagement. There's a link right there on the front page. To get in there, you get a nice discount. For a very low fee, well, I think his fees are changing, but still, very reasonably priced. Uh, you can get your reviews, even internationally, for your podcast and a lot of other stats and things like that. Uh, I'm working with stuff where I'm uh, I'm bringing back the Mighty Marvel Tooncast, y'all. I don't know when, but it's coming for those of you that were listeners to that, or maybe not familiar with it, uh, go download it, go check it out. It, I do have the, the feed up on red circle of something, Tim Nidell of Saturday morning rewind were doing. Uh, he had to step away and I've been needing a new co host for that for years. I mean, I think that was 2017. I think, uh, it was a really fun show. It was getting popularity and I'm going to resurrect it. And hopefully everybody who started getting, you know, were enjoying that show. will come back and enjoy that show again. Um, but anyways, but yes, pod Gagement has some features that I'm trying to get to work on. My I'm rebuilding the website for the Mighty Marvel Tooncast. Uh, so do, make sure you click on that. Also, of course, that W link. Don't forget about W. But you can leave a review right there on the from the front page. There's some links in there to leave reviews. So make sure you do that as well. When I get a review, I get notified. I haven't gotten a review in a long time, y'all. Uh, reviews really are a great way to help share the show uh, and let me know what you think of the show. Uh, and I will read those online. You can also see some of the reviews on the website, NeverlandPodcast.com. Uh, we'd like to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for helping me out with the intro of the show. Don't forget, you can email us, podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Haven't gotten an email in a while. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Neverland we'll find You'll find us on Facebook. Uh, I think it's still under Neverland Podcast. Uh, we're becoming a fan of Nexus. We're also, uh, we have a group and a fan page. Uh, I don't think I've uh, renamed those yet. I forgot. I haven't haven't made a note in my notes about changing that over, but I have been trying to change the name of the page, but I think the link to get there is still the same. We have lots of fun on the group. I have a lot of news I posted into the group that we did not talk about here on the show, but we might mention next show. We're going to have to do some Christmas stuff because we're getting into Christmas, and I'm almost on my own Christmas vacation. But don't forget, of course, about Patreon. Uh, you can find links to our Patreon right there at Neverlandpodcast.com. And I will make sure in the show notes that you have a link if you would like to get our exclusive combat co- combat content as we make, as I've mentioned before, there is an extended version by at least 12 minutes of this episode that you can get as an exclusive content. And hey, maybe you're hearing me talk about this while you're actually on the exclusive content. It will be ad-free, y'all, except for when I mention, of course, W and stuff that I put in ads myself. But you won't have any of those other ads that come in from Red Circle. And you'll be helping out the show. So it's a win-win situation. So definitely check it out. But, of course, until I see you again, what do we say at the end of every show? Get lost. In an adventure. And I will see you next time.